0: Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Any longtime listener of the show knows about our series that we've been doing—an ongoing series with the Washington Post. Uh, really great conversations, covering such incredibly in-depth articles on a plethora of topics, and we're continuing that uh, with, a, with a guest who's been on now. I, I was just talking to her during the break. She has been on the most of any post reporter. That's very exciting. Uh, Abba Batari, she uh, uh, deals a lot with economic issues. Talk talk to us a little bit about what you do. Talk about uh, the beat you cover. And uh, this topic is going to be very interesting because it's one of a handful of topics that have driven the headlines uh, for the last several weeks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I cover the economy at large. That includes everything. Well, right now, it includes a lot of inflation, um, a lot of what the Federal Reserve might do, interest rates, that sort of thing. But also topics like inequality and housing and sort of how all of these things fit together, workers' issues, things like that, all of the, all of the economic, big economic things that affect all of us on a day-to-day basis.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Talk about the uh, Inflation Act. That's something I know you watched closely. Um, first of all, were you as surprised as everyone else when that when they figured out how to uh, get that thing's passed with the uh, senator from uh, Arizona and West Virginia often being so obstinate on that? Were you as shocked as everybody else?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was certainly a long and winding road. Um, but it, you know, ended up coming together at the end fairly quickly. Like the dominoes fell into place, and I think – we're all trying to sort of figure out exactly what, what this legislation will mean. And I think for a lot of Americans, it's going to end up meaning savings. And maybe not immediately. It's going to take several years, but we are going to start seeing these impacts trickle through.
0: Mm-hmm. And it also, I mean, it's very controversial. You know, our, our world is so binary, right? You know, you know, most things are actually have more gray than they do all black or all white. And, of course, uh, opponents of the president, critics of the president, uh, they're talking about, at least in the short term, it, it has the potential of adding a lot of extra layers of expense and didn't, and didn't really kind of, you know, deal with some of the driving issues when it comes to higher prices, like uh, the supply chain issues, not directly at least. Um, talk about what you like about it, and then talk about the stuff that you think is are legitimate concerns of critics.
1: Yeah, so, the, you know, it's called the Inflation Reduction Act, but it doesn't really have all that much to do with inflation, at least not on the surface. You know, this is primarily a climate and healthcare and tax related um, piece of legislation. And that's where I think we're going to start seeing some of the, the big pieces trickle down. Um, a lot of this is focused on, you know, moving towards green energy. And so there are incentives for families that add solar panels to their roofs or maybe swap out their wa- hot water heater for an electric one. And so we're seeing little, little things like that that will add up into what is hopefully some meaningful change down the line.
0: Mm-hmm. And what about the critics? What, 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 what do you see as legitimate among the critics' arguments?
1: Well, critics are worried that this is going to lead to higher taxes, particularly among the wealthiest and large corporations and you know a, a big right that they have is that this isn 't really going to do anything for inflation we're we're seeing inflation that's still at forty 40- 40-year highs, and um, despite, you know, it being a huge economic priority for the Biden administration, we really have not seen a lot that the administration has done to start to bring down prices. The Fed has started raising interest rates, but sort of beyond that, we're still waiting for, you know, what might be a systemic way to to bring down inflation.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it seems like the economy responded – very quickly to the rise in interest rates. I, I think that it's kind of indicative of how obsessed people are with news information. You know what I, I mean? We're, we're getting, it It seems like I, I was young. I was a teenager when, um, you know, and showing my age when Jimmy Carter was in office and we had huge inflation and that continued with Reagan, you know, uh, and, and when that got dealt with, it seemed like it was a very slow, a trickle of information in terms of how the economy responded. seems like this economy is responding very quickly to things like uh, the Fed's raising interest rates. Uh, They're looking for a turnaround uh, when it comes to that inflation. Uh, I think there may be some room for optimism.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're already seeing the impacts, especially on the housing side of things. You know, we're seeing demand for housing start to start to cool. We're starting to see um, that have larger effects, ripple effects across the economy. And we're also starting to see little suggestions that, you know, the job market isn't as tight as it used to be. And so maybe things are cooling down there as well. And so far, it's been a very sort of a gradual sustained cool down. It hasn't been like total recession fears just yet. And so I think that's another thing that people are really concerned about. You know, we've been talking about the possibility of a recession for months, even and it hasn't happened yet. So, um, yeah, I think people are very interested in what's going on, the ins and outs of the economy at the moment.
0: Yeah, the the analogy about – Recessions are is, is, uh, you know, rather inflation, and the way to deal with it is, is through things like higher interest rates. It's the most powerful and most common tool that uh, the government has. There's other tools, but they're requiring Congress, and you know how those guys work together. And, you know, Hopefully this bill that you talked about well, will have that impact. But the approach oh. is, is pretty terrifying. It's almost like ke- uh, chemotherapy on, an, on a cancer patient is what they do. You know, uh, and when you look at the rise of interest rates and the potential, that's the danger, right? That thin line between getting inflation calm and stabilizing the economy or slipping into a massive recession. And and, and that can, by the way, lead to a reaction of uh, deflation, which that's a real killer to uh, very small businesses in particular.
1: Absolutely. This is a really tough balance. And a lot of times, you know, the Fed is sort of moving the lever a little bit at a time, but it's unclear exactly what the end result is. There's sort of a lagging effect. And so the fear is that, you know, they've already set into motion what needs to be set to bring down inflation. But if they continue maybe a bit too aggressively, that it could turn things the other way. And so so it's it's a very, it's a moving target and it's a very difficult balance. Um, and there people are very divided on whether or not they can make it work.
0: Yeah. We're now, what, four months away, roughly, uh, before the next election cycle, the uh, November midterm elections. Not likely to get much more done legislatively. But what are you seeing on both the executive uh, front, uh, because they do have a lot more latitude, obviously, than the legislative branch. Uh, What do you see potentially happening to help fight inflation between now and the election cycle, which obviously inflation is on the ballot. That's probably the number one issue.
1: Well, you know, I think there's two things at play here. One is inflation, and two is sort of how consumers and Americans are feeling about inflation. I think, um, you know, we're, we're starting to see inflation level off in many areas and even come down in some, some parts of the economy. But, you know, in a, a, what a big thing that we're seeing that I think really impacts consumers and their perception of things is gas prices. Gas prices are back mm-hmm. down under $4 a gallon you know, which is a lot lower than they were just a month or two ago. And so I think that is that is starting to play into Americans' feelings about the economy, and maybe they're not feeling quite as pessimistic as they were earlier this summer.
0: Yeah, if anything, it's probably making policymakers a little nervous. You're talking about almost a dollar drop, a whole dollar drop in some parts of the country in 45 days, less than 60. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of thing like, uh-oh, you know, what is that saying about demand? What is that saying about driving uh, the the economic machine?
1: Yeah, you know, it's just a really tough economy to decipher. There are so many mixed signals. There's so many, you know, different data points sort of pulling in different directions that it's really difficult to know um, sort of what what's going on underneath the hood and sort of what that will mean longer term as well.
0: Yeah. By the way, we're going to have a link, of course, like we always do, to your article uh, over at the Washington Post on this topic. What were some of the takeaways that you had for the uh, reader?
1: Well, so I think, you know, we talked a bit about how this wasn't going to directly impact inflation just yet. But I think the hope is that, you know, with a lot of these tax credits and subsidies that are built in around um, greener technology or even health care costs, bringing down those costs, that families will eventually see a leveling off in healthcare costs, med- medication costs, um, energy bills, perhaps, and so that's it's really a longer-term play, and that's I think where, where some of the optimism around the legislation lies.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Abba Bhattar, we love having you on the show. This is, I think, your third or fourth appearance. I don't know, but you're on uh, enough to make me happy, and I appreciate that. We love having you on the program. What are some other stories in the uh, larger economy front outside of inflation that's catching your attention?
1: Well, you know, I just did a story about small businesses and how they're in this very
0: odd moment. You know, they've
1: weathered the pandemic; many of them have survived and are finally building back up. But now there's all of this new economic uncertainty out there that's making it really difficult to plan for the future. And so I think I think we're starting to see real world, you know, impacts of of what we're seeing big picture is that. Business owners, small business owners in particular, just don't know, like whether they should hire that employee or just bring them on as a contractor, or whether they should, you know, splurge on a on a renovation or an expansion of their business or hold off. And so these are these are um, sort of real world de- decisions that will, you know, taken together, sort of have an impact on the economy as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love those kind of stories because some. It just seems like the small business and in some ways smaller, even more so, they get neglected. And yet they're such an important part of the economy. Uh, over 70% of all jobs are created by what's defined as small businesses. And, um, and so large businesses, in fact, in some ways, can actually prosper from our current economic environment because of the largesse they enjoy, the ability to respond, and uh, the ability to survive. It's not the case with smaller businesses.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They have less of a cushion, and for a lot of them, that cushion has already been depleted by quite a bit. So, yeah, it's an interesting time.
0: How about final thoughts from you as we wrap it up?
1: Um, No, thanks for having me on. It's always great to chat with you, Kevin.
0: Yeah, make sure you check out The Washington Post. It is one of my favorite publications. It is a true Newspaper of Record, and uh, I encourage people to, to read it. And what does that mean? Well, that means it's a newspaper with the type of depth and breadth that's really difficult to find, even more so. I think the rise of the Internet has uh, undermined uh, the, you know, uh, the idea of the newspaper of record. Everything's so hyper-focused, certainly ideologically driven, and uh, we need publications that have broad scope depth of coverage, and that's exactly what you get from the Post. I read the New York Times regularly. I read the Wall Street Journal regularly. They're really, the, the, in my opinion, the only three newspapers of records today. So, Ab, I love your work and look forward to having you back on.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much.
0: I'm Kevin Price. This is the Price of Business. Stay tuned for more after this.